This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. Uh, first up today, we are talking about the Yayasan Akalbudi trial. Um, <laughs> and which has gripped the nation, actually, because not only is this trial, I guess, um, you know, sensational in terms of sort of revealing something about the way in which... Uh, foundations work in Malaysia and their links to corruption, but also the fact that it involves somebody who's currently the Deputy Prime Minister of Malaysia. And I think that is something that's been watched, especially because the the question of the trajectory of this case was linked very much to the stability of the unity government. I think that is something that, um, you know, a lot of observers have been thinking about, and I think the public has been a bit concerned about too. So the most recent update is that the High Court has declined to grant a full acquittal um, from the 47 charges in Zahid Yassan Akabudi trial. Trial judge Datuk Colin Lawrence Sakera essentially gave the order for a discharge not amounting to an acquittal after the prosecution said that it would not continue the trial against Zahid. So this, of course, has come um, on the wake of numerous uh, twists and turns in the trial itself with a lot of different um, evidence and reasons being presented. We will be getting into it after this with our guest, um, who will help us understand the uh, essentially the outcome, what it means, and what it means in terms of future um, charges if the prosecution chooses to proceed. But uh, we would like to hear from you as well. What do you make of this? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We'll be speaking after this with lawyer Lim Wejet. So keep it here, BFM eighty nine point nine. Beyond Frivolous Matters, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.13. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. We're talking about the uh, latest in the trial uh, of Deputy Prime Minister Datu Sri Ahmad Zahid Hamidi, the Ayasan Akalbudi trial, where essentially the High Court has declined to grant a full acquittal uh, from all 47 charges in it. And uh, essentially, it is a discharge not amounting to an acquittal. So we are going to unpack what this means. Meanwhile, send your thoughts through. What do you make of this? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now is lawyer Lim Wejet. Wejet, thanks for speaking with us today. The High Court has declined to grant a full acquittal to uh, Deputy PM Datuk Sri Ahmad Zaid Hamidi. What's the significance of this decision? Well, if the judge has decided that he has only granted a discharge, not amounting to an acquittal it means that um, the prosecution is entitled and able to charge Datuk Sri Zaid Hamidi uh, for similar offences in the future. Uh, So in that sense, he's not acquitted totally um, that you would normally expect from from an accused, you know, at the end of the case. Of course, an accused would want a full acquittal. But in this case, when the charges are withdrawn halfway uh, and the judge has decided in this manner, it means that um, the prosecution can file charges in the future. Now, Zaid's uh, defence team argued for a full acquittal on all charges. Uh, what do we know about the legal arguments that they advanced for this, and why did you think it failed? Uh, 
Well, I'm not very sure of the exact arguments that were ventilated because uh, I was not in court and I don't think the media has fully reported on it. But from some of the media reports, I believe that the uh, arguments advanced by Zaid Hamidi's defense team was that um, there was no timeline given by the prosecution on when you know their investigations will complete um, on the supposedly new evidence and and uh, when the RCI that will be conducted um, pursuant to Tommy Thomas's book, uh, which is the basis in which the prosecution is asking for uh, a discharge not amounting to an acquittal, um, they do not know when the RCI will complete. So in other words, there was no specific timeline given by the prosecution and therefore they argued that this warrants a full acquittal. Um, but I think that in the end, the judge uh, arrived at a decision that uh, because the trial had already um, gone more than halfway, in fact, in fact, the defense witnesses were already called, it was quite at an advanced stage that he felt that um, granting a full acquittal uh, was uh, not appropriate in the circumstances and therefore he granted a discharge, not amounting to an acquittal. Um, that is from what I understand from the media reports. So you did touch on this earlier, um, that discharge not amounting to an acquittal, that does mean that an accused person can face trial for the same charges in the future if the prosecution decides to reinstate the charges. So what are the possible future avenues for the prosecution now? Yes, uh, it ultimately depends on uh, the outcome of the appeal because um, Zaid Hamidi's defence team has informed uh, the press at the very least that they plan to appeal the decision of the High Court judge, which uh, granted a discharge not amounting to an acquittal. So we really need to see what the Court of Appeal and possibly what the Federal Court has decided. And if at the end of the day, the appellate courts or the apex court has decided that, well, you know, the judge was correct in granting discharge not amounting to an acquittal, uh, then the prosecution is entitled and able to uh, file charges against Said Hamidi in the future. Um, they can also decide not to do so. It's entirely their discretion. Uh, however, in the event uh, Zaid Hamidi succeeds on appeal and he is granted a full acquittal, then um, the prosecution is not able to file uh, charges against him in the future for similar offences. That is the consequence uh, of the, the decision. Now, one of the arguments by the defense, uh, we heard this in the media, was that the charges were political in nature. Does a DNAA, a discharge without, not amounting to an acquittal, vindicate this position? Well, I'm, I'm not sure which political part of the equation that, that it does vindicate. Uh, what I know is that um, this uh, decision by the prosecution uh, to drop the charges halfway and requesting for a discharge not amounting to an acquittal has um, very important consequences. Number one, legally, um, it has set an unfortunate precedent in the sense that uh, it is quite unusual for the prosecution to um, apply for a discharge not amounting to an acquittal, especially when the judge has already found that a prima facie case has been established by the prosecution and that defense has already been called. Uh, I think up to 15 witnesses from the defense have already been called. So it's, it's unusual that the charges are dropped at this stage when it's already so advanced. 
So that is on the legal front. But secondly, and more perhaps more importantly, uh, politically, um, Pakatan Harapan and Barasa National and the unity government as a whole probably would have to face criticism that there is some interference in the decision to drop the charges against Zaid Hamidi. Um, and they have to explain, you know, why when at the general elections they uh, contested on the platform of anti-corruption um, that this decision has arrived today, you know, where um, the, the poster boy, as it were, of, of, of corruption um, is acquitted under this Madani government. So they would have to grapple with that politically, and uh, I, I will not comment more on that, but that is the uh, reality of that we have to face today, um, resulting from the decision today. So actually, we do want to pick up on that point about um, interference uh, in a bit. But uh, very quickly, the presiding judge, Dato Colin Lawrence Akira, said uh, that said before concluding proceedings that it would be a waste of time and public funds if the prosecution later decides not to proceed with the charges. What do you make of the statement? Yeah, I think Dato Colin Lawrence Akira made that remark uh, in justifying why there should be a discharge not amounting to an acquittal instead of a full acquittal. And I, I believe what his lordship meant was that uh, it would be a, such a shame if the prosecution in the future did not you know, continue uh, with the matter and, and continue to file charges in the future because a lot of money and public funds and time has been spent up to 99 Witnesses were called for the prosecution. Up to 15 witnesses were called by the defense. This entire trial took up to four years, I believe. And, and it's it's such a shame if you know that it was dropped at this stage um, four years later for discharge not amounting to an acquittal. Um, so it is in that context that the, the judge made that remark. And I think he was right in saying so. Because this involves taxpayers' money in the end of the day. And this involves... Um, the effort and the dedication and hard work of officers within the MACC and also the Attorney General's chambers in, in collecting the evidence, in, in mounting the charges, in leading the case in court, only to be, you know, uh, cut short, as it were, at this juncture for, for reasons which many people feel are not justifiable. So, so, so we are, I think that many people would, um, echo the sentiment of the learned judge when he, he made that remark. So uh, now to pick up on the point about political interference, is there a question of optics for our judicial process following this decision? And how should the public, in your mind, frame their understanding of this latest development? Is executive interference a real concern? Well, it's very hard to argue that there was no executive interference in this case, right? Um, because if you look at the timeline of events, uh, what happened was that um, a few weeks ago, we saw the, the lead prosecutor in Zaid Hamidi's trial, Dato Raja Toran, I believe, um, being dropped. And then there was later a statement by the Attorney General's Chamber to say that she opted for an early retirement. Uh, whether that was true, whether that is true is, 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 is debatable now. Um, and then you see the current Attorney General, Tan Sri Idris Harun, um, going on leave uh, for the past few days. And you see the new AG, uh, uh, Mr. Terry Rudin, only coming into office on the 6th of September. So it appears that no one wants to, to um, 
have responsibility over this mat over this decision to drop the charges against Said Hamidi. It is a hot potato issue. And I think that the government has an obligation at the end of the day to really explain um, in the specific detail and truthfully what was the real reason that the charges against Zaid Hamidi were dropped. Were they really because of the um, representation filed by the defence or really was there some non-legal or extraneous um, reasoning that that uh, contributed to the decision today. I think the obligation is on their part to explain, but I wouldn't blame members of the public to arrive at the conclusion that there was some form of interference, um, particularly because um, although we know there was mounting pressure to drop the charges by Zaid Hamidi and, and Amno in the government when the government was held by two different prime ministers. Tansimuddin Yassin and Dato Sri Ismail Sabri Yaakob, that did not happen. And the decision to drop the charges happened under this government's watch. So really, the ball is in their court and they have an obligation to explain. I'm not alleging or saying for sure that there was executive interference, don't get me wrong, but I think that there's a lot of explaining that needs to be done. I think you cannot blame the public from questioning whether there was in fact executive interference because all the facts and the sentiments and the narrative point to the fact that there was and there needs to be a lot of explaining to do. Wajit, thanks for speaking with us today. That was lawyer Lim Wajit uh, talking us through the outcome of the Ayasan Akal Budi trial uh, involving, of course, Deputy Prime Minister Ahmad, uh, Dato Sri Ahmad Zahid Hamidi. Uh, essentially, he has been granted a uh, discharge not amounting to an acquittal, not a uh, full, the, the full acquittal has been declined. We'd like to hear from you. What do you make of this? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We do have this from Nevin, who says, "I think given a prima facie case has already been established, it makes no sense to say further investigation is needed. The government needs to provide strong justifications." So, uh, Nevin, I don't know whether you heard um, our guest Wajit actually address exactly that point earlier, but what? I did want to pick up on was Nevin's point about uh, the government needing to provide justification because I think just going back to what we were discussing uh, this notion of the optics of this whole thing, um, I do think many people, specifically voters have um, a certain view of these proceedings. Yeah, if you look at the current report, I believe the Home Minister has weighed in on it saying that this was a decision by the court, but it's also true and you know, in the reference to what was reported uh, from the judge the presiding judge was that he, you know, asserted that the right of the attorney general's chambers to drop is their prerogative to drop the case. So I'm not quite sure if uh, the court could have done any different than it did, right? So it went for the lesser of the two possible scenarios, which is the uh, the discharge rather than a full acquittal. But if it wasn't for the attorney general's chambers making that request. Could they have? Uh, could the judge have done otherwise? So uh, again, very difficult moment in our political history because uh, Shama, I think a lot of people are concerned about the nature of corruption in this country and what are the trade-offs? You know, stability of government versus uh, you know closing one eye and shutting the other, as as some people call, say. Uh, you know, to corruption in in high places. 
Well, keep your thoughts coming. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So keep it here, BFM eighty nine point nine. It is 5.37. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. We've been talking about the Deputy PM, Ahmad Zahid Hamidi, uh, and his Akal Budi, Yayasan Akal Budi trial. Uh, so it's been announced that he has been granted a discharge not amounting to an acquittal. So we've been asking you for your thoughts. What do you make of this? You can call us. You can send us a voice note. You can WhatsApp us. You can tweet us. So we've got a couple of messages I think circling similar points. So an anonymous listener says, uh, it'll be almost impossible for me to explain this to all my PN friendly friends. Let's hope there'll be better news um, in the next four years for me to argue that PH is still the lesser evil. Uh, meanwhile, Seifel is saying, uh, I'm not happy with this decision. Uh, why isn't justice allowed to prevail? Is this a political play? Um, it seems more like political sabotage for the current government. It's very difficult um, to to kind of work against the optics, right? It, it seems to be uh, quite, da- will be quite damaging for Pakatan Harapan and Barisan National as a coalition to explain this away. But I think we need to put this in context. Uh, when we go back to 2018, um, when Zaid Hamidi kind of led AMNO to defeat, uh, what I think, uh, well, he and Najib, of course, uh, is, is that uh, his lifeline, the first lifeline he got was through the Sheraton move, uh, led by Muhyiddin Yassin, led by the head of uh, the Party Islam Malaysia, uh, when they went into a coalition with him. And they kept him at arm's length, but without his numbers, they could not have survived as a government. The fact that since then, Zaid has actually gone from strength to strength has been quite telling about the nature of Malaysian politics, right? First in ousting Muhyiddin and putting Ismail Sabri there, but also because of the nature of the results from last year's general election, it became inevitable that whoever wanted to form government would have had to have Said Hamidi on their side. And so this you know, is sort of baked into the problem of the last general election, as far as I can tell. So it's, um, I think, I mean, lots of people are actually echoing this point, right, whether this is something that's now just more of the same. Uh, Vimalan is saying, for instance, this basically means that the political DNA of the Madani government is similar to those of previous governments. The reason that it was done for political survival cannot be accepted, uh, which is an interesting one. It's interesting, but also then the question I would ask Vimalan is, what, what if it's not political survival, then what do you expect governments to do? So, Or political parties in mm. wanting to form government. Because uh, the next government, say the replacement for the unity government, what would it look like? And would it exclude? And how would the numbers look like if they excluded Abno currently helmed by uh, Zaid Hamidi. So uh, would it create a government of reasonable stability in order to govern? So... Keep your thoughts coming. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.